Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and on this week's edition, we travel back to 2017 and meet up with director Sally Potter, who coincidentally invites you and some special guests to the party. The ambition here anyway was to write a comedy wrapped around a tragedy. This classy bunch of people, my goodness me, talk about... <laughs> Looking around and going, "Whoa, I better wake, you know, I better wake up here. This is a, these are people I admire." In this comedy meets tragedy, we find ourselves in Janet's house, celebrating with her close friends her new job. Although doesn't go to plan, and over the next seventy-one minutes, relationships unravel and volivants are burnt. So the hosts are Janet, as I mentioned, played by Kristen Scott Thomas, and Bill, her husband, who is played by Timothy Spall. The guests who they usher into their home are Ginny, played by Emily Mortimer, Tom, played by Killian Murphy, Martha, played by Cherry Jones, April, played by Patricia Clarkson, and not forgetting April's boyfriend, Gottfried, played by Bruno Gantz. Hello. We did it. Yeah, such a responsibility. Huge, actually. Huge. Around the time of the release, I spoke with the director alongside Bruno Gantz and Timothy Spall. Sally, where did the party begin? Oh, it began somewhere in outer space. I don't know. I'm never sure really (laughs) where things begin, but I sit down and it arrives. And I think it was partly social, political observation, life observation, really, about what happens to people under conditions of extreme stress, Mm. where their image of who they thought they were, what happens in that state of disintegration. I got a script, I read it, (laughs) I liked it, and then we met and Mm. we had the hotel in Zurich, we talked about it. Well, it's been one of my lifetime ambitions to work with Bruno, rather a long time, ever since I saw Wings of Desire. Every time I've been making a film, I've sat with the casting director going, can we cast Bruno as a 16-year-old girl? Probably not. Um, But anyway, finally I felt I'd written a part that was somewhat deserving of his skills and talents. Um, And um, I was thrilled that, that he was attracted to it and wanted to do it. Next time I would even do a 16 years oh, old girl. <laughs> Give it a try. I mean. You know, Bruno, you're at a stage in your career where obviously you, you choose roles that you want to do. I presume you just you can say no to those that you don't like. So what did you see in the script? What did you see in this character? Well, 
to me, to me first really, I, it was a real comedy, and I was longing for some. Mm. And it was from it was English and not German, which is in terms of comedy important to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so well, I liked it a lot, and I wanted to do it. <laughs> so everybody, it seems that we are expecting now one, not two. But three babies. Wow! Congratulations! Wow! <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> wow! Was that a boast or a, a cry for help, Martha? I couldn't quite tell from your tone of voice. She's very careful about her casting. This classy bunch of people. My goodness me! I talk about. <laughs> Looking around and going, "Whoa, I better wake, you know, I better wake up here. This is a, these are people I admire, you know. Yeah. And it's always great. It's say, so be careful, you know, never meet your heroes. But <laughs> some of these people, I've been most of them, all of them, in fact, I've been work, I've been watching and enjoying, and admiring, mm. and then to find out that they're all, all pretty much the same. We all want to get it right. We're all insecure about it, <laughs> but this insecurity doesn't." on the whole manifest itself as anything other than openness and determination to get it right and friendliness and a lot of laughs, you mm. know. Um, so that was what the situation was. But everybody's eye was very much on the ball because we knew you know, people flying in and out. It was an international cast, international uh, crew. So Sally's amazing ability to, to, to corral all this mm talent into one box for such a short period of time is amazing. Was it a challenge to write comedy or to write something so comedic, Sally? Um, Well, it's funny. It's a technical challenge to write comedy. Timing is everything. Precision is everything. Nuance is everything. Mm. But the ambition here anyway was to write a comedy wrapped around a tragedy. So it was always, uh, you know, the the core themes are extremely serious themes. Mm. Betrayal, ideals, health, mortality, um, and many other things besides. But the form of comedy exists on many levels. One is physical, one is verbal. And what I did find while I was writing it was great pleasure in writing the dialogue. I allowed myself to be wicked (laughs) <laughs> to be quite savage, actually. But the savagery came out of a place of love and compassion for these characters who were talking to me in the solitude of my writing room. And, and Gottfried is a calming presence. He's, he's, he's kind of a, a Zen master in, in this film. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> to a degree, <laughs> it gets difficult for me. I mean, sometimes... Uh, I like that he's so stupid, but it, she's defending him all the time. She, <laughs> she says, no, he's, he's a wonderful person and he loves all and, and he is uh, the only one who is really loving the other people and so on. It's somehow true, but he's also sometimes really a complete idiot and uh, that's what I like as well. When a person becomes sick, there's always a reason. If not in this life, then in a past life. I think, though, to be fair, by by the end, we're really rooting for him because because there's so much else going on and other people that we kind of get frustrated with. To have someone in there who is persistently trying to untangle things or at least, you know, listen to people is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and then I think, you know, look, 
the the debates about what really constitutes health and how people heal and all the rest of it, these are very meaningful yeah. debates. Mm. Um, and, it, for example, one of the things that Gottfried uh, takes up is this notion that if somebody's given a terminal prognosis, that it's a kind of curse. Well, I've actually seen that in life. Um, I think a terminal prognosis is a very dangerous thing because mm. nobody really can predict whether somebody can recover or whether they're going to die to some degree, but it's not hard science and people are immensely suggestible. So to give people who are suffering from a terminal illness um, some hope is, in fact, uh, very good medical practice. So mm. let's say in these these tiny off-the-cuff things that, that, that Gottfried might say, there, there lurk some real battles of ideas, things that are worth fighting for. Sometimes um, while shooting, I had to... I had the impression that I was looking on a, at a fish tank from outside. What are they doing? Help trying to get into it, but not, I couldn't really. Watching all the strange fishes and, and so on, saying, what are they doing? <laughs> oh, no, it's such a pity. I would like to help, but, you know, there's a lot of glass. and <laughs> Yeah, this kind of feeling. Another little thing, actually, um, that, that sometimes Bruno talks about um, Gottfried being a bit stupid or saying stupid things. Uh, what I found in my observation is that when people are in a second language, and Gottfried, of course, is, is a German in this mm. situation, they um, sometimes use language in a way that to an English person can feel quite cliched. It's an issue of meanings getting lost in translation mm. somewhere. And that was a very intriguing thing to write uh, with um, as a writer, to be um, on that line of somebody whose first language is not English, mm. trying to express these important ideas <clears throat> in English. He's saying things that, you know, listening to gurus, you, you, you hear them and you think these are so, it's so stupid and oh, stupid, it's so banal and cliche and thing. Because you are not a believer. If you believe him, you, you have to accept that this is, or you think it's great, it's wisdom and it's wonderful, mm -hmm. and, but it is not for someone who is not a believer. And I think we have to get, what we do in the film is also to, to, to get closer to Gottfried and then mm. think, no, it's not such a stupid guy. I mean, he is, mm. there's some <laughs> something good in <laughs> really good. And yeah. it's not only language. It's, um, he, he uses cliches, uh, things that belongs to his word, and it's in his word, it's true. Yeah. And it's, but listening to watching such a per person, you don't know him, you say, uh, what? And it's funny because... Mm. <laughs> And Gottfried is um, a part of one of the couples of, of the film as well. Um, his partner is um, April, played by Patricia Clarkson, um, who <laughs> she's quite savage, isn't she? She's not. She's not nice to him. No, she's not. <laughs> but uh, it's somehow the truth. <laughs> but yeah, she is playing. That's the way she is. She is teasing him too. I mean, and then the end is not not very surprising. So that that she says, "We are the only couple here who has a chance in future." That's uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's also the way of comedy. Yeah. I like that. But also, you know, insults can sometimes be a form of great tenderness. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. she does say things like, oh, shut up, Godfrey, your cliches are unbearable. But somehow underneath that, there's this feeling of, of you know, I love you. Why do you have to be so fucking stupid? <laughs> it's, um, tenderness can be expressed through insults mm. as well. Yeah, and she's a master of irony. She's using that perfectly. I think yeah. that's always, you know, ambiguous. So. You meant, we mentioned Wings of Desire. That's in black and white. 
this isn't black or white. It creates a rawness. It, it doesn't let you hide very much, which is perfect for these characters. Yeah, I always say, you know, black and white is more colourful um, because yeah. it allows your mind to expand into the spaces. You're not being spoon-fed a lot of unnecessary mm. information in the name of realism. Yeah. So it takes us much closer to the, the processes of perception rather than just the process of looking. It's more pure. Oh, Godfrey. You're an embarrassment. Possibly. You've spoken about this before, but I think it's important. Halfway through filming, Brexit happened. Um, it was already a political film before then. It seems to have seeped in somehow into the, the spirit of the film. Well, I think as a writer, um, if, you, if you're writing in particular times and making a kind of sly portrait of the time, mm. obviously what's going on rumbling in the air and underneath the ground and all around is going to be somewhere in it. But of course, no one ever mentions Brexit. It wasn't written with Brexit in mind. Mm. But I think the feeling of division, even within each couple, these kind of how you, how you navigate disagreement and where you're going and what and the question of who you are what you are is of course part of the story so it seems very much like a reflection of the wider situation as well while well, it happened there while we were shooting and uh, the morning people had learned what what the decision was was there and they were very depressed all of them we had in the beginning in the morning for the first two hours, I think we had uh, problems to get going. It was, uh, I, I even saw people cry and it was really, it was very sad that morning. Yeah, it's a very international crew and deliberately so, you know. So we've got a Russian DP, an Argentinian designer living in Paris, Irish gaffer, um, French sound crew, as well as the, the international cast to some degree, two Americans, German, so on, an Irishman and the rest English. And that feeling of that international spirit of cooperation is not like a political idea. Mm. It's a wonderful collaborative energy and, uh, you know, art, cinema, does not have borders. You don't need a passport to enter a film. So this notion of putting up walls, putting up borders, needing more passports, driving people out, putting up the drawbridge, that fortress mentality is incredibly destructive, I think. You know, I mean, I remember being very uh, uh, thrown, you know, off me uh, balance by it. Mm. Uh, and I still am a little bit. I don't quite yeah. know uh, what's going on, but there we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't think anybody does. That's the problem. But those who know don't seemingly know, do they? That's even more alarming. <laughs> April, I too am frequently described by internet trolls as an embarrassment or worse. Or much worse, actually. Is it a crime to be an embarrassment? Martha, you're a first-class lesbian and a second-rate thinker. Your character, uh, Bill, he's one of the hosts of the party, but a very reluctant host. Yeah, well, without giving away too much about what's on his mind, it's doesn't take much of a leap of imagination to work out why it is difficult for him in that situation and why the first 20 minutes of the story doesn't really say very much, but I think his silence is... A cacophony because there's something I think you can tell that there's probably I don't know I mean that's what I was it was I knew that when I was playing it it was me to have this boiling boiling inside me all the time this uh, I mean I'm not going to tell you what it is but my God these two things that he's got a these two delicately uh, 
placed uh, nuclear hand grenades mm. that are thrown into this uh, urbane social situation uh, do tend to act slightly <laughs> as catalysts in the entire thing. So um, yeah. although it's a very still, sometimes uh, uh, almost... Uh, you know, catatonic character is riddled with a lot of uh, danger. And you are, you know, you are heavily in close up for that time that mm. we've just been talking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, your face is very present. I mean, I mean, technically having a camera that close to you, is that a challenge? I never, I never take an objective view of it. Uh, I certainly don't ever look at playbacks. I never do, never will. Because it's none of my business. Um, sometimes you wish you had, but, um, but really, it's not. You know, without getting too um, you know, highfalutin about it, it, you know, the, the camera is your audience, and the great thing about camera of it when it is that close, you just have to think it. You don't have to be that demonstrable about it. All you got to think about is: Am I feeling this right at this moment in this part of the jigsaw? Uh, I can't say it, I can't speak it, but the camera's there. And a camera, as we always know, those of us love films, are pretty forensic. Mm. Uh, and they tend to work it out often before, sometimes, uh, the camera visually is a, it, way ahead of the words. You know? it's true, yeah. And, and mm. black and white, so it's so detailed as well. Yeah, it's detailed and there's also an instant vibrancy about it, isn't it? It makes it both historic and immediate at the same time, a black and white camera. Your partner in the film, your wife, is Kristen Scott Thomas as Janet. She, she's incredible. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I mean, uh, and you know, it's a testament to Sally's daring and originality to put us together as a husband and wife. I mean, it wouldn't be everybody's, uh, you know, um, you know, in a sort of mythical Hollywood world. Who are the who are the new? Who are going to be the new film couple? Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas and Timothy Spall. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's not for me to comment, but. It, Peers that people think it works, you know, but obviously we're both playing characters completely different to ourselves. So, I mean, she is a tremendous. She's a tremendous actress, and that in that role to see her going through that dance of uh, a vain sophistication and mm. you know, crumbling down, like they all are to a certain degree. These these incredibly uh, successful, intellectually intact people unraveling their own. Mm. Uh, themselves through these revelations it's uh, you know it's, it's the genius of the writing I think is in that the simplicity of this uh, this idea to create this atmosphere with this terrible sense of my god something's not quite right here and then just allow it to unravel so you know <laughs> unpleasantly but so comically you know mm, mm. and uh, the person trying to hold you together randomly is uh, Bruno Gantz. <laughs> what more could you want? You know, I mean, you know, yeah. And and, and again, this fantastically um, distrusted, uh, you know, idealist uh, alternative health uh, sort of guru thrown in this bunch of clever cynics as well, a realist, rationalist, as my character says on many days, I'm a mm. rationalist. I mean, I... I, I am a rationalist. Uh, I spent my entire intellectual um, raison d'etre is about rationalising that, you know, what do I do? You know, what do I do? And he, he turns to the, the seemingly a person who would consider to be an absolute charlatan and they become, you know, uh, he becomes his mentor. It's not every day that one of us becomes a minister. To Janet. Oh, come on, Sean. 
I have an announcement. What was it like when you sort of started to see test screenings and seeing people's reaction to the film? I presume that was a really, really interesting process. Yeah, well, um, I, it was me who insisted on the test screenings um, in London. Nobody was asking me to do it. And the first one, we had about 20 people and they were laughing so much uh, you couldn't hear the soundtrack. And I thought, oh, wow, that's amazing, but maybe it's a fluke. Maybe it's just 20, and it had quite a lot of my friends. Let's do another one. So we did another one for 30 people, then 50, and then 250, and so on. And it was entirely consistent, the reaction. All that I learned was I had to put in some spaces after the lines that always got a laugh because otherwise people couldn't hear the next line. And actually, it's still the case. I don't think I left enough space. That's easier on stage because you can do that yourself as an actor. People will... But, uh, yeah, even in Berlin, with an international audience, I mean... They crazy. It was a a lot of laughter, yeah. I, I was struck by how one minute... I could see it was about you know you know a prophetic tale about this snapshot of Britain today, but then I looked at it and one minute it looked like a sort of French noir movie, and then it looked occasionally like some mad kind of comedy of manners from the Hollywood of the nineteen forties. Yeah. I mean, it, that's its its richness is it, in the way it's shot even has that quality. Mm. You know, that that, that monochrome, that um, quality, you know, in times it looks a bit like flipping you know, the Maltese Falcon or something, you know what I mean? It, it, and it goes from that to Jules Jim to, you know what I mean? It does all of a yeah. sudden, there are elements of it where it does become a even comedy at times, you know? Mm. I mean, it, it, uh, there are elements of that as well, you know? And and the, the nice thing about your character is that he, he he sort of interjects musical selections as well, which contradict what's going on in the, in the action. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's a pretty reticent character, you know, uh, uh, taciturn character anyway uh, I think given this he's harbouring these two massive life uh, changing uh, you know revelations that are about to come out I think this obsession with his music and the delicacy of the way he puts his records on and, and, and you know finding the right track his old sort of analogue world that mm. he's from uh, he's concentrating his mind it's a massive distraction and the inappropriateness of the music I mean you, you, some of these great cla- you didn't think that you know Dido's Lament would get such a big laugh in a film would you you know, <laughs> you know I mean, it's, uh... you've, you've made a, an absolutely incredible career working with some of the best British directors which Sally Potter is a strong figure of I mean are you proud of that association working with some of the best well I, I suppose the word is it's close to my heart that, mm. the, that these you know that, that I have managed to do this it's precious to me that, um, that I've found myself over the years working with some of the best talent we've gotten it's not something I take for granted. Mm. I mean, I always jokingly uh, say, falsely, modestly say that, you know, I seem to be, uh, you know, tolerated on a regular level, even as I get older, you know. I try to be as uh, fresh in everything I do. And mm. um, if any, if ever I've had a real quest, it's, you know, as much as you can be in control when you're in a profession where you're a hostage to fortune. Mm. Varied and different is very, very important to me personally to try and become a different person and by be working out how that person works physically and mentally, psychologically, you, you, you take a little bit of that person with you and then you learn a little bit more. You know. 
what have you taken away from making this film? Would, would you do more along the same way? Well, this is always the challenge for a filmmaker. When you do something that doesn't work, it's clear you need to do something different. When you do something that really does work, you think, oh, my God, am I ever going to be able to do it again? Or you know, <laughs> should I repeat myself? I mean, I'm always interested in exploring new ground. But I have to say, I really feel that something happened with this film, for me as a writer, mm. that I want to explore more because it's a very rich vein and it came, I hesitate to say this, but it came relatively easy to me. It came out like a river. Mm. And I thought, oh, shit, I better go and have a look and see what else is in there. <laughs> I was going to finish with, I hope wherever he is, Bill's OK. Yeah, well, we don't know quite know where he is. He might even be floating around in the uh, <laughs> ether somewhere. But, yeah, no, I very much uh, enjoyed him, poor old fella. <laughs> If you really want to run this country for all our sakes, you will have to do something about your hair. Thanks to both Sally, Bruno and Timothy for speaking to me. Sadly, Bruno Gantz passed away a few years after this interview. Very gentle and sweet human being. If you get the chance, do accept the invitation to watch this film when it next pops up on your streaming service, on a DVD or Blu-ray, or maybe returns to the cinema. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. It's here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.